Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, as we are entering through the month of November, it's been a year since, you know, when we look at this, Hurricane Sandy had, you know, come through our area, you know, devastated the lives of a lot of people, did a lot of damage to our shoreline and to, you know, our community. And as we're reflecting back, you know, one of the things that hit me is, is that, you know, Hurricane Sandy, when it hit a year ago, uh, hit so violently and it was something that we saw, we lived through. And for some of us, I think I was still without lights at about this time last year. I was out for almost two weeks. And for a lot of our listeners, their lives haven't gotten back to normal yet. But as I was thinking about this week's show, I thought in terms of, you know, there's a hurricane, Sandy, that hits all of us at different points in our life. Sometimes it's really not in the form of a hurricane. Sometimes it's a life event that occurs. And, you know, the Bible talks to us about, you know, what do we build our faith on? Do we build it on sand? You know, do, do we build it on you know, solid ground? So as we think in terms of that, one of the things that I thought we would chat a little bit about today was the fact that we work for a reason. We spoke about that at last week's show. And when we were talking about that last week, I invited one of my partners. He was with us last week. He's back with us this week. Executive Vice President Dave Suki, who, you know, is a frequenter on our show this, you know, he's kind of my co-host here. Dave, welcome back. Thank you, Frank. Great. Always to be here, as you know. So, Dave, you know, our last show, we were talking about why do we work, and we were talking about we work for all different reasons. But the reality is, is at some point in our life, we're going to stop work. And that stopping work could be that hurricane kind of in that, in our life mm-hmm. that occurs. And I thought what we would spend time talking about this week is really how do we prepare ourselves uh, financially, uh, legally, for different aspects of life and those life events of what occurs so that we're able to weather those storms a little bit better, okay, that we can prepare a little bit because life is never as straight a line as we would like it to be. No, no, no way. It's never, uh, you know, and you've said this for years, it's, you know, it's not necessarily um, what happens, it's how you handle what happens. Yep, that, that that defines, you know. It's our ability to bounce back. Yep. It's our ability to find, you know, what was the good, what was God's will, what is it that, you know, what are we living through, what's, you know. And it's one of those of, you know, we say that, you know, we live by faith, but at times when these things happen, it, it does kind of challenge our faith a little bit. Sometimes we wonder, it was like, I wonder why that is, or, you know, what's what's behind that? And it's not for us to really understand the big picture. It's really for us to have faith. And to understand that it is overall for the good and, you know, whatever the case is. Yes, absolutely. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit and we'll elaborate from our last week's conversation. You know, again, we were talking about why do we work and we work for all different reasons. But the reality is, is that our best asset is really our ability to function, to work, to generate income. And I know that, you know, when we think in terms of that, you know, we always say that people earn a fortune over their lifetime. You know, as an example, if I have a couple earning $100,000 a year and they've got a 30-year career, you know, of earnings, you know, that couple's going to earn $3 million over their lifetime. But there's a lot that occur or could occur which would hinder that. So with that in mind, let's talk about some of the things that we talk to people about as far as how to prepare because Dave – both of us see people on a regular basis. We're seeing them every day. So, Dave, what are some of the things that you're talking to your clients about as it relates to how to prepare for the unknown uh, that, you know, 
surprise, you know, and it could be a good surprise. When I say good surprises, mm-hmm. you know, you could be, you know, sitting there. I remember, you know, several years back, I'm sitting at a softball field in Rhode Island, and I got a text message from my son with the picture of an engagement ring, you know, basically, you know, telling us that, you know, time to plan for the party and, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, we're getting married soon. So, you know, we're going to, you know, him and his, you know, his girlfriend now, you know, his wife, you know, that, you know, they were planning another, you know, aspect of life and they were going to, you know, make that bigger commitment. And as parents, you know, if I didn't plan for that properly, financially, that would have been, geez, a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of a strain. So as we plan for these different life events and so forth, Dave, what are some of the conversations that you're having with people? You know, one of the base principles with planning, Frank, and, and really in anything in life, uh, but definitely in the space of money and finance, we usually recognize that good short-term ideas or plans don't work usually really well in the long term. And good long-term uh, plans or ideas don't always perform well in the short term. So a lot of these life events, when they pop up suddenly, we really have to be aware that we need to – you know, have the ability to adjust in a short period of time, usually. I mean, here's what I define a short period of time. Within 12 to 24 months, okay? To me, that's that's kind of a short period of time if you look at life and planning. Um, sometimes, obviously, it's quicker. So what we're talking to clients about is, yeah, um, how to have liquidity. If they are their best asset and something happened to them, is there liquidity there to protect for you know for six months for a year all right and we're teaching usually a minimum of six months of liquidity of household expenses okay so if my household expenses are five thousand a month okay i want at least six months of that in a in a safe place and here's what i mean by safe without a risk of principal so we know we know what those instruments should look like and then hopefully it's a year because you know a year's worth of that type of money so because as you've mentioned before Life events occur in positive areas too, whether it be a wedding or a, a you know a, a vacation of a lifetime, a, a you know an, an investment opportunity. As me and you have seen through the years, clients come up with opportunities, and we go, "Wow, this is this is a home run. We really need to take advantage of this." And you have to have money on your balance sheet that's available to you without restraints. You know, Dave, as I'm listening to you, you know, I think in terms of you know, I call it the bucket theory, and I don't mean kicking the bucket theory, <laughs> but I think in terms of if you looked at life and, you know, finances in three buckets, which is that short-term bucket is that, you know, up to 24-month bucket, then you got kind of what I call a midterm bucket, which is, you know, an in-between, and then you have that long-term bucket, which is the retirement bucket, which is the focus that most people have and what gets the most attention, in my opinion, is the long-term bucket, which is... You know, you have 401ks, IRAs, you go to work for an employer. And the first thing that you'll notice is, you know, 401k, savings towards retirement. And that tends, in my opinion, to get a little overdone, although it's extremely important that it, that it's taken care of. But it could be that if you think in terms of three buckets, if they were sitting in front of you, and you think of that short term, you think of the midterm, and you think of the long term, our focus tends to be quite often on that long term, and we're trying to throw everything in there. We forget that a midterm should even occur. And then on the short term, we're always trying to finagle that. And if we don't manage that right, that short term not being prepared tends to be very expensive. And when I say it tends to be very expensive, it means that 
when an event occurs, you know, such as uh, the heating system goes on your house or the air conditioning system and you don't have short-term resources, what you tend to do is you then put it on the credit card. And when I put it on the credit card, now it's costing me all the money that I had to pay for that unit or whatever, and it may be costing me 8%, 12%, 25% interest on that. So that $5,000 expense all of a sudden turns into a $10,000 expense because i got to pay it out over time. So I don't know, Dave, you see the same thing? Yes, I do. Uh, it's often overlooked. It's not exciting. There's not a lot of juice, as we call juice, behind that, you know, to say, hey, um, you need to prepare an account that's liquid, that's safe for, you know, you, you know a year to two years' worth of uh, um, liquidity. And we see it all the time, though. How many, off, how many times do you see clients, you know, most Americans aren't good savers to begin with, but money they are saving is usually in a government-sponsored plan like a 401k that is not that friendly when it comes to getting money out. And their life changes suddenly, and now that bucket of money, although it represents one number on a page, is really only a fraction of that number when you get done with paying taxes and penalties and things like that, Frank. So it's um, it, it's like anything else in life. You know, there's a, there's a process or, a, you know, a procedure that, you know, if you follow it correctly, you usually wind up benefiting from that, from that process or procedure. So as we kind of just talk about that emergency fund, just to wrap up for our listeners, and then we'll go on to a couple of our other aspects of, you know, life events and how to plan from the emergency, what I call short-term bucket, should based upon what Dave had just indicated, should be at least six months, and then it should ultimately be about a year's worth of savings. Okay, we would say at a minimum, that's in a short-term, uh, liquid, accessible account without risk of principal when you want to go to get it. Did I catch that that's right, Dave? That's correct. Perfect. Now, once we have that set aside, then what we want to do is we want to then start to put other forms of planning and other areas of protection around yourself and your money in the event of other life events that occur. So since it is, you know, November and many people right now are dealing with, you know, we had a show a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the Affordable Health Care Act and, you know, we hear about the difficulty of people enrolling in that. But for a lot of it, people who are employed, employers have a lot of open enrollment right now that's occurring for health insurance plans. So one of the things that I tell people is you need to have health insurance nowadays, and if you don't have health insurance, the government's going to penalize you. (laughs) You're forced to have it, yeah. So as it relates to that, one of the things that are very common, and I'll just take a minute on this, is the concept of utilizing high-dollar deductible plans, which are HSAs or health reimbursement accounts when they're employer-sponsored or whatever the case might be, these plans may be very cost-effective, but what people should be doing and our listeners should be looking at is they need to do what I refer to, do the math. And when I say the math is look at what you may have spent on health care last year. So, Dave, I know you're a family of four, soon to be a family of five. But if Dave was evaluating his coverage at this point, he can actually go onto his provider's health care site, identify what him and his family spent on health care, and then calculate that that's what his costs were last year in addition to his premiums. So when you look at high-dollar deductible plans, HSAs or whatever, you should look that, add your claims in, and calculate what is the cost of health insurance to you, and then make that determination of what's the most economic way, economical way for you to do it. So. Just for our listeners, as you're coming up, 
Let's talk a little bit about the next thing, which is, Dave, your best asset, other than your wife, obviously. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, although you do have that a is wonderful true. wife. Is your ability to earn income. So maybe just, Dave, can you take a minute or two and talk a little bit about what are you telling people about how to protect their income in the event that they get sick or hurt? Frank, this is this is a very important topic because um, companies, as you know, are cutting benefits back. And it's remarkable, and we're all guilty of this in some aspects in a lot of cases, of how little knowledge we have of, of our group benefits, particularly in terms of income replacement. So – First thing I would tell listeners is they need to be aware of what's offered through their company, all right? That's a, that's a place to start. And then they need to become aware of what's offered outside of their company that they may be able to go into a marketplace and purchase. You know, Frank, it's interesting with the health care reform, you know, the Obamacare, they call it a marketplace that you go buy health benefits for now, okay? Well, there's a marketplace that's been established for years that you can buy long-term you know, income replacement, disability insurance plans, okay, that – um, are geared toward an individual, not only what they make, but their career that they're in, okay, and can allow them, you know, the protection that they're needed at a very, you know, inexpensive rate, all right, especially um, um, in a white-collar, what we call a white-collar business. Hey, Dave, one of the things, because I know our listeners, you know, have heard of workers' comp, they've heard of state disability, they've heard of Social Security. With regard to any of those types of benefits as compared to what they might do on their own, um, I know that they have value to them, but they're not significant enough for – you tell me differently. No. Okay, no. as it relates to what a claim may be. Yeah. No, what, what, what we would be discussing is you know, a, a, a long-term disability plan okay, that picks up about 60% of your earnings. Okay? If you buy it personally, most of the time it's a tax-free Okay, benefit. If you're buying it through a group, all right, it, there's a difference between how you pay for it. All right, we'd encourage people to pay for it through a group after tax because if they ever call, you know, file the claim, they'd, they'd earn the money tax free. But the the reality is this, Frank, you might, we might be working 35, 40 years. And if our income is our greatest asset, we really need to be aware of if I had a, you know, an, uh, an interruption of that, what am I going to turn to? Am I turning to my personal assets? Am I turning to some sort of plan now? But the, the conversation really just has to be aware of what is going to be responsible in that situation. Very good. And, you know, for our listeners, is, you know, when we tell you about that emergency fund of you know, six months or a year, uh, part of that could also blend into the deductible. You know, which is of a disability plan that you could afford to wait six months to a year before a benefit kicks in. The other, you know, there's a couple other topics, you know, as we're you know going through this today, which is life insurance. I mean, ultimately, is is very important for all listeners, especially if you're a head of household. And the idea behind that is, Dave was just saying, your income is the key. So when I look at that, and I mentioned that example before, a couple earn a hundred thousand, thirty-year careers, three million dollars. Something happens, and that three million stop today. We have to replace it, and the responsible thing to do is replace it through life insurance. You can get it relatively cheap nowadays; it's not a big deal. So I would tell you, make sure you have that done. And then the last one that we'll touch on, let Dave take this for just a little bit, is what about our property and casualty insurance? How do we cap that out? You know, I, I got auto, I got homeowners. What else, Dave? You're going to want to talk and, and review the, the liability limits on those, Frank. And as we know, in New Jersey, there's caps on those. Umbrella policies are great ways to maximize your liability coverage in the event of a, a claim. 
So in New Jersey, as far as I'm aware, you know, um, five million dollars is a is a limit that they allow you to to go up to without proof of assets. So somebody that has auto insurance with, let's say, New Jersey manufacturers, and they have their home, should look at adding an umbrella policy on top of that. And 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 that, in order to do that, it's very inexpensive. It may be $150 per million of coverage, right? So that's an inexpensive way to protect yourself and your future earnings and your your family's you know financial security for your retirement and beyond. Very good. So one of the things that we always tell people, too, is, you know, it, you can absorb the little claim, but the big claim can absorb you. And when we think along those lines, what we would tell you is, is I'd rather see one with a higher deductible on their auto homeowners, but have that million dollar or multi-million dollar umbrella policy to protect yourselves. So for all of our listeners, you know, we've been talking about different ways to protect against those life events that occur, those little, you know, Hurricane Sandys in your life. For all of our listeners, we wish you a truly blessed week. You've been listening to Frank Congelos and David Suki. If you have questions, you can write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at com. Thank you and have a blessed week.